Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are very glad that all of you are here for worship today. I would invite you at this time uh, to turn with me or to listen as I read from Psalms 100. I'm going to be reading from Psalms 100 as we begin our time of worship today. Psalms 100 says this, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. We're glad that each of you are with us today for worship. Good morning. Jesus, on the mount with his disciples, says, All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. And he gave them this command, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism, when it was first mentioned in the Scripture, was all God's idea. Um, Jesus himself was baptized by John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 to set the example for us and for others to follow this great command. Baptism is also a symbol of our new life in Christ. And tucked away in the book of Romans, Paul writes these words in Romans 6, verse 4. We have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Last Sunday in our sermon series about the unseen world, we talked about the fact that we looked at the new heaven and the new earth, and I'm grateful that at the core of the gospel message, there's a message that God is making all of us new. And today we have two who have been on this journey about thinking about and learning more about what it means to follow Jesus. And I'm grateful that we have had two today to respond to the good news of the gospel. I'm grateful that God takes us as we are and he makes us new. I'm going to ask Lila Oles to join me. Lila, just a, a few weeks ago at Vacation Bible School, she has been on a journey, been interested in asking questions more about what it means to follow Jesus. And during Bible school, she responded and invited Jesus to come and to live within her and chose to follow and trust Jesus as her Lord and Savior. So Lila, I'm going to ask you to just turn around this way. And I'm going to ask you this question. In whom have you placed your faith and trust for salvation? All right. Upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you, Lila Falls, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, and risen to walk in newness of life. Amen. Amen. I want to ask Ja'Cory Wilson to come and join us. We certainly do have family here today from, with both families. And, Ja'Cory has, has been a part of uh, life here at Holy Springs Baptist for, I don't know, a year or two maybe or more, and uh, comes in with Grady a lot and uh, enjoys his activities here, enjoys the different things here, but he too was one of the many who responded to faith and trust in Christ during Bible school this year. And so Ja'Cory, I'm going to ask you to come right over here, and I'm going to ask you what I asked Lila, in whom have you placed your faith and trust for salvation? Upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, and risen to walk in newness of life. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for these two, for Lila, Ja'Cory, for their families. For all the people that have helped influence them to make this decision to follow Jesus, Lord, I pray that they would know and that we would all know, Lord, that you are in the process of making us new. 
And Lord, I'm so grateful that uh, for your message of love and grace that is at the core of the gospel. And Lord, I pray that this gospel and the love of Christ will grow in their lives in the coming days and years ahead. Father, we thank you. And Lord, I lift up all those here today that maybe have not followed through with baptism. And Father, just pray that they would be led to, to take that next step of obedience and follow through with believers' baptism. Father, we commit this service to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn of praise this morning is hymn number 58, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. Hymn number 58. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. Hey Eliza, how are you? Come over here so we can see you. Can you come over here? Come on Callan. Come over here so you can see the pictures in my book today. You want to help me sit right there? Come here Piper. There you go. I have a book here, but I have a question to ask you. How big is love? Is it just this big? Is it this big? No, it's this big. It's this big. Well, you know, you just saw Sissy it's this big. got baptized, didn't she? And so and I think... This big. That's right. Her love is way, way big. Well, I want to show you some pictures in a book. My mama goes to us. That's right. And my sissy goes to us. My mommy's school. That's right. Okay, hold on just one second. I want to show you some pictures in a book. And it's about how big is your love? And this little boy about your size is asking his mommy how big is love? And he says, bigger than a mountain? What do you think? Oh, yeah. Is it brighter than the sunshine? Is love brighter than the sunshine? Mm, yeah, I think it is. Is it longer than a hayride and a picnic? Can we think, may we think about how big love is? <gasps> what do you think? Is it bigger than a chocolate chip cookie? No, he's eating his cookie, isn't he? Is it higher than a swing? Now remember, this is God's love. It's all these many things. Okay, how about bubbles in a bathtub? Does God's love bubble up in you sometimes? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? 
There's a grasshopper in the bathtub. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Maybe out of your pocket. Nah. Is it strong as, is it strong as muscles? Is God's love strong like muscles? Yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Daddy's got strong muscles, doesn't he? Because he's a policeman. All right. Is it more, is God's love more than the stars in the sky? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Ants, yeah, there's our ants. Those are ants. Oh, an ant hill. Well, that's God's love's bigger than an ant hill. But I want you to look right here. Come here, Piper. What are those? Those are porcupines. All right. This, what I wanted you to hear was the little one asked mommy, and this is mommy's answer. This is mommy's answer. Sit down. That the little one that the most important part of God's love is putting him in your heart. Because every time, just a minute, just, okay, we got this. Just a minute. Every time you put a little bit of God's love in your heart, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it fills up with God's love. Yes, it does. It says every time our love grows, we give a little bit away, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Just like Sissy's heart today and Jakari's heart today, it filled up with God's love more than the stars in the sky, more than the bubbles in a bathtub. So what I want you to do, okay, hold on. I'm going to give you a heart. You want one? All right, hold on, sit down, hold on. One second, just, just one second. Let's pray first, and then we're going to have a heart. You don't have to close your eyes, but you have to be. But you have to be what? But what do we have to do? Be quiet. Be quiet. Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the stars in the sky, the sun and the moon the things that show your love. But Lord, as we learn, as little ones grow to be big ones, that love is endless. It's always there. And that you fill our heart, you fill our families, you fill this church. We thank you for that. We thank you for all the love that just bubbles out of these children. We thank you for Lila. We thank you for Jakari and the walk that they are beginning, the next step that they are making. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before Keith comes up for prayer this morning, next Sunday morning, our youth and several adults uh, we will be leaving at 7.30 next Sunday morning for our yearly summer camp. Uh, this year we will be attending Student Life Camp uh, in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Um, we are leaving next Sunday the 21st and we will be back on Friday the 26th. Uh, like I said, we will be in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. On the way on Sunday, we are stopping and spending the night in Atlanta, Georgia. We will be attending an Atlanta Braves game on Sunday, which I found out this week uh, has been picked up to be nationally televised on ESPN. So if you want to, uh, we will try to wave from very up high uh, and see if we can be on TV. Um, but so we are leaving next Sunday. Our theme for camp is called Access. Um, and the theme comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And so I wanted to share uh, those verses with you this morning to know what we'll be talking about next week. Romans 5, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. 
And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We look forward this week to going to camp for the fun, for the activities that will take place. But more importantly, we go for worship. We go for time for um, our youth group to grow together and to love one another. Um, And so we are very excited for the opportunity to leave next Sunday and to head to camp. Uh, You may be asking yourself the question, or not, but I'm going to ask it for you, is how can I help uh, as the youth go to camp next week? Uh, Some ways that you can help is that certainly we appreciate your prayers. Um, As I said, this is a time for us to go and have fun and to enjoy our week, um, but more importantly than that for all of us, we we seek to go to build relationships with one another and to grow as we walk together in our relationship with Christ. And so we covet your prayers as we leave. Uh, We covet them for safe travels and also for a meaningful time for our group. One other way that you could help us is that we would greatly appreciate donations for snacks, for waters, um, and we would also uh, accept donations for money for meals throughout the week. Um, And so if any of you are are able and willing to help in in any way, uh, you can come give that to me this week. If you want to bring snacks or waters and I'm not here this week, you can leave them outside of my office and I will get them when I come in. Uh, But we greatly appreciate um, your prayers. I appreciate you giving me this time to share this morning. Um, So we will not be here next Sunday morning for worship, uh, but know that we are are heading to camp and we look forward uh, to to a great week ahead. So thank you. Thank you, Alan. And I just echo what he said. Just continue to keep Alan, the leaders, and the students in your prayers, and all of those that will be at that camp this next week, and safe travel, and we certainly wish them, uh, wish them well. Let me just remind the church family that tomorrow there will be a service for Rachel Mack. It's not, I don't think that's in your bulletin today, I'm not sure, but uh, that will be in here in the sanctuary tomorrow at 11 a.m., and so you continue to be in prayer for the Mack family. Uh, Rachel was loved here at the church and was a, uh, just a... Uh, uh, faithful presence here at Bowling Springs Baptist and a wonderful lady and so we celebrate her life tomorrow at 11 o'clock here in the sanctuary. Also this morning uh, you may have noticed in your bulletin I'm glad to have Dr. Alice Cullinan bringing our morning message uh, today as I have been in preparations for this study on angels I realize we have someone in our midst who uh, is already further down the road with that subject than I and uh, I extended that invitation to her this week and she accepted and Dr. Cullinan I'm grateful for that and we look forward to hearing what the Lord has spoken to you about this morning. Let's go now to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for this special day. God, we just rejoice with Ja'Cory and Lila and their decision to follow you and follow through with baptism. Lord, they are a testimony and an example to all of us, uh, Lord, of of what it means to take that next step. And Lord, no matter where we are in our journey this morning, help us, all of us in this place, to be willing to take that next step. From those that are new believers to those who have been believers since childhood and now are much older. Father, we do pray that we would always be willing to take that next step, Lord, when you lead us and when you guide us. Bless Ja'Cory and Lila as they continue this Christian journey. And Lord, help us as a church to be faithful to lead them and guide them in maturity, to maturity in Christ. Lord, we do pray for our youth. I pray for Alan, for Mary, for all of our adult leaders and for our youth as they begin to prepare this week for a great week the following week. But Lord, give them traveling mercies and Lord, uh, help them to have receptive spirits, minds and hearts to what you would have to speak to them this next week. Uh, Bless their time of fellowship and growth together as a youth group. Lord, we certainly do lift up all those that are struggling this morning, those with um, disease and illnesses, those that have had, whether it's minor or major surgery. Father, we do pray for your healing and for your touch, for your presence. Be a good shepherd to all of these and walk with them through their illness. Bring healing and strength for the journey ahead. Lord, we do pray for those on the Gulf Coast that are victims of flooding at this hour and those who will be in the coming hours and days ahead. Father, be with all the local management and leadership there. And Father, we just do pray for safety uh, for all involved. But Lord, bless that uh, situation. And Father, help those that need the help uh, to, um, to find it at this hour. Father, for the Mack family, we do pray for them as they grieve and for our time of celebration in here tomorrow. Lord, for all those who find themselves here this morning and, uh, Lord, are sad or grieving the loss, whether a recent loss or someone uh, in recent past, Father, we just pray that you would comfort each heart today. Father, bless Dr. Cullinan as she comes to share the message with us this morning. 
Bless the music, the prayers, your word as it is read. Father, may we, uh, as I was reminded yesterday in walking out of the, the, the church and looking up at the steeple, and I see the highest point on this facility and probably one of the highest points in all of Boiling Springs being the cross. And Father, that is my desire today and every day here at Boiling Springs Baptist that we would lift high the cross of Christ. Father, we're thankful for the good news that the cross gives us. It's not death, but it's victory over sin and over death. And so, Lord, we're grateful for the good news of the gospel. And may that be proclaimed here this morning through song, word, and through preaching. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray these, these things. All of God's people said, amen. Our hymn is number 280, Speak, O Lord, number 280. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for the opportunity to come to your house. Thank you for the ability to witness baptism. Thank you for Lila and Ja'Cory as they begin a new journey. May we be supportive of them. May this act of baptism cause us all to reflect on our own baptism. And for some of us, that's been a long, long time, but that is etched in our hearts and our minds. Thank you, too, of... Um, Ellen's reminder of your love. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you for the opportunity to work to make money so we can bring our gifts to you. May you bless the gift and the giver as it is used to spread your word far and near. For we pray in your name, amen.
with me, if you will, in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 1. We'll be reading all 14 verses of chapter 1 of Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact, exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain they will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment that will be changed. 
but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? This is the word of the Lord. Angels, a very interesting, challenging, mysterious topic. A few years ago, I decided to do an in-depth biblical study about angels to see what I could learn. It was very, very fascinating. I have actually put those verses and that study on our Lamplighters Ministries website if you are interested in uh, printing those out and studying them because there's a wealth more information there than I can ever share this morning. But this morning I do want to share with you three basic areas of, about the angels that I think we need to know. First of all, there are some basic misconceptions about angels that we need to try to clear up. Secondly, there are some facts that we can know about angels from the scripture, which of course is our best source, resource, whenever we want to learn about angels. And thirdly, something that I really have not thought about until Keith asked me to do this sermon and uh, I began praying about what to say. The third area I want to talk about is what we really should learn from the angels. And so those are the three ways we will organize our thinking this morning. There will be later some notes that would be helpful for you to take if you're used to taking notes. I know some of you are and some of you are not, but I thought I'd give you a little warning. There are some basic misconceptions first about angels that we need to clear up. The first one is that all angels are good. In Matthew 25, Jesus says, as he's discussing end times, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. There are fallen angels or demons who follow Satan. But that is a topic for another study that the scripture is filled with information. But this morning, we're going to spend our time talking about the good guys. The second misconception, I think, <clears throat> that I hear and read and see is that when we die, we become angels. I've heard people say, we'll get our wings at that point. I don't know if you want wings, but uh, you will not become an angel when you die. You would have to be a cherubim to have wings. Not all angels have wings, even though we've somehow through the artists and the people who sell uh, statues, I myself have a willow tree connection, collection, um, have taught us that they have wings. It might be because they can be here and be gone real fast. Um, they've come from the heavenlies where the birds fly. I'm not real sure why we have that concept. But if you want to have wings, you'll have to be a cherubim, and then you'll have six of them. You won't just have two sticking out of the back. You'll have um, a, bunch of, a bunch of them. Another con conception, misconception, I'd say, is that they wear white choir robes. I don't know if they have stoles or not, but they wear white choir robes. And they play harps. Now, unfortunately, that's just not true. I think I was most disappointed about the harp thing. Now, there will be harps in heaven as you read in Revelation, but it's not the angels who are playing them. Now, if when we get there, there are some that greet us with harps, I'm not going to be upset about it, okay? Even though what I just told you uh, in my study. Anyway, those are some misconceptions that we ought to clear up. But there are some things we can know about them. 
some of which I really did not know until I did this intense biblical study on angels. Let me just share with you a few that, that I found. These are not all the facts, nor were they, those all the misconceptions. The first thing that we can know is that they are messengers. They're messengers sent from God with a message to us. They do his bidding. Some other things that I, I find very comforting is they protect us, they fight for us, they minister to us, they help us do God's will, and if we're teachable, they instruct us. Another thing I discovered in my study is they are numerous. In other words, there are bunches of them. Hebrews 12:22 says, you have come to Zion to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Revelation 5 says, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And what were they doing as they were gathering? Praising and honoring the Lord Jesus. Now when Jesus was talking about end times in, in uh, Matthew 26, he told his disciples when he was being arrested to put away their swords, that he could call on his father if he wanted to, and his father would send 12 legions of angels to rescue him. Now, naturally, we need to, I needed to ask myself and find out what is a legion of angels. A legion of angels, the numbers change through the years, but approximately 4,000 to 6,000 angels and a legion times 12. Some mathematicians in the room. 48,000 to 72,000 angels could come at the beck of Jesus. That tells me that they are numerous. Could we fit that many in the sanctuary? We have a few seats here where some of them could sit, but not 72,000. Not only are they numerous, they're powerful. And I really appreciate that since they're ministering to us. Daniel 6.22 tells us, My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. An angel just went, Shh. I have to do that sometimes when I'm trying to get my little puppy to swallow a pill. I've just popped into his mouth to hold his mouth shut. I wouldn't dare try that with a lion. But it's not hard for the angels because they're very, very powerful. When the king of Assyria was threatening to overrun the um, southern kingdom, Isaiah and Hezekiah met and prayed. And they prayed to God that he would rescue them and protect them from this Assyrian king that wanted to conquer them. We read in 2 Chronicles this information. The Lord sent one angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the leaders and the officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. Well, you should wonder how many was that? Second Kings tells us that one angel killed 180,000 Assyrians. Would you agree with me that they are powerful? Now, a thing that I noticed very, very interesting as I did my study, that they were very active in the life and ministry of Jesus. Listen to, listen to some of the things that where they were. 
Now you know they announced his birth. And the whole heavens is lit up with a beautiful, beautiful praise of the coming of the Savior. But did you know that they ministered to him after his temptation in the wilderness? Did you remember that they helped him as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying that the cup pass from him, but yielding to the will of God and saying, but Father, not my will, but yours be done. The angels were there strengthening him. They rolled away the stone from the tomb, spoke to Mary. They were present as his, at his ascension when he arose to heaven. And they told the remaining disciples there that he would return one day. Now they will also be very active at the end of the world when Jesus returns. They will be present, you may not have known and I did not know this, that when Jesus judges us, the nation, the world, the people who are on earth at the time of his return, when he says, to me, some of the saddest words in the Bible, that he does not know us. And the person will say, but didn't I go to church? And didn't I do good works? And didn't I sing in the choir? And Jesus will look and say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. you I never knew you. You did not have a personal relationship with me. How very, very sad. The angels look on at that scene, and I'm sure they weep. They will separate the wicked from the just at the end of the world, and it is angels who will cast the wicked into hell. They love Jesus. They love him now. They're worshiping him. But what else do we know about him? They are absolute experts in praise and worship. If you want to learn how to praise and worship, look at the passages in the scripture where they are worshiping, and it teaches us a lot. Now, we had a baptism this morning, two baptisms. We praise the Lord for that. The scripture tells us that the angels are ecstatic when someone comes to know Jesus, there's rejoicing, there's praising. I just wonder how it affects us when people become Christians. Another thing we know about them, they can actually appear to us and we don't know who they are. In the scripture, there are at least 24 times that they appeared to humans who are named. You might want to check that out on your study. Something that I found that was very, very interesting, intriguing to me was, is they are everywhere in the scriptures, but they like to be hidden. They do not like to have attention drawn to them and they absolutely do not want to be worshiped or elevated in any way. When I started this study, I was surprised that I found angels and stories that I did not know they were there because it's just one little statement about them. And I think you will find the same thing. But I want us to focus just for a few moments on the third part of our topic, what should we learn from the angels? Can we learn anything from them that might make our Christian life more meaningful, more effective? And I came up with six. Maybe you haven't taken any notes on the rest of the sermon, and you're going to the website and get all the verses. That's wonderful. But you need to write down these six, I think. I will not check your bulletin on the way out to see if you did it. But I just highly recommend it. 
or you can email me and I'll send them to you, okay? The first thing that I think we can learn from the angels is the absolute necessity of elevating Jesus over everyone and everything in every way. We need to elevate Jesus. Revelation 5 is a good place to see that. I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. We need to learn how to elevate Jesus, to praise him, to adore him, to honor him, to obey him. That is a chief lesson that we can learn from the angels. Secondly, I believe that we can learn from them that we must be willing messengers, sharing God's truth anytime any way that we can. God's messengers. Our world needs the message that you and I have. We must not keep it to ourselves. We must not keep it inside the four walls of this church. We must be God's messengers at work, at home, at the post office, in the grocery store, on Facebook, any way that we can, we need to be God's messengers with truth. People are hungering for the truth that you and I have known for years, and we are not sharing it. Thirdly, we need to learn to be worshipers. Now, we can say praise, and we mentioned that before. We can sing praise songs. But to worship is to recognize the worship of Jehovah God and his Son and his Holy Spirit who indwells us. We need to learn how to worship, how to bow down, how to be humble before him, how to listen, how to obey. Fourthly, we must always do his bidding. There's no excuse for disobedience. We must always do what he tells us to do and stop doing what he tells us to stop doing. It is not difficult, church. It is not difficult. We listen, we ask, we receive, we do what he says. We must do his bidding. I also read the this, this sad verse to, verses to me where Jesus said to a group gathered before him, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I cannot pick and choose. I must obey. Number five, I must serve and minister to, to whomever he wants me to serve and minister. I don't decide, he does. People are hurting, people are dying, people are grieving, people are lost. Jesus says, why don't you do what I say? 
We must be obedient. Number six, we must be willing to work without getting the credit. We must be willing to serve him without stealing any of his glory. Our focus here at church should not be on what I like, what I want, what other people can do for me. Whether I like the music, whether the pastor preaches the kind of sermons I want to hear, whether the programs suit me and my family. Our focus must be on what I can do for the church, for the Lord, for the lost, for the the kingdom of God. Angels are not self-centered, neither should I be. Angels are not focused on what they like and whether they get credit. They're focused on honoring the Lord Jesus. And church, we will never go forward in our mission to reach this community and to build up the body of Christ if we do not learn how to elevate Jesus and keep focused on him and to be obedient to him. It's not what we prefer, but what he wants. And my question and my challenge to you and to me is am I gonna do what he says or not? Am I gonna learn from the angels the message of truth that I need to learn? Am I teachable? Am I on task? Are we as a church on task? Are we teachable? Are we his messengers? May God speak, may we listen, and may we obey. Let's pray together. Father God, you have spoken, you have challenged, and I pray that we would be sensitive to your spirit and obedient to you to learn the lessons that you can teach us even from angels but a soaker in your word, Lord. And I pray that your will should be done in each heart and in this, our church. For the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus, we make this prayer. Amen. We will have an invitation hymn. The past will be down here. My challenge to you only, Is do what she tells you. Okay. Please note that the hymn is found on both sides of the paper. <laughs>